Blog Talk Radio. Hello? Paul Lawrence Van hosts the Wealthy Speaker Talk Radio Show, an exciting and entertaining show. Listeners, fans, and followers are inspired, motivated, and discover strategies that assist them in improving their personal and professional life. Tune in, listen in, and phone in with questions. Encourage your family, friends, and colleagues to tune in as well. Tune in, listen in, and call in with questions at 516-453-9480 and or join Paul and guest experts in the web chat room, www.blogtalkradio.com slash Van. We look forward to you joining us for another amazing episode of the Wealthy Speaker Radio Show. Yes, and good afternoon, everyone. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van, for another exciting episode of the Wealthy Speaker Show. And today we have two amazing uh, guest experts who are going to be on. And of course, the title of this broadcast is The Athena Project with Dr. Jeanette Galdry Haney and Dr. Kellyanne Hunter. And I want to welcome them here early, and then I'm going to go over bio with them and we'll proceed. Uh, Dr. Haney, are you there with us today? I am, yes. It's uh, Jeanette Godry Haney. Godry Haney. All right. Fantastic. It's, it's, and, it's Cajun. 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 Yes. I should know better. I should know better. I, I used to work <laughs> up there in Chalmette for a while for Mobile Oil, so I understand. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. All right. And Dr. Thanks so much for having me on. Sorry. Fantastic. Glad to have you. And Dr. Hunter, you there with us? Yes, I am. Thank you so much for, for having us. Looking forward to the conversation. Well, I think you both know that I'm really just bowled over by your backgrounds, and I'm just glad to have you on the show, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more later, but before we get started, I want the listening audience to hear a little bit about your background, which is just amazing. It knocked my socks off, okay? So uh, first, I'm going to good. Yes. First, I'm going to start out with... Uh, Jeanette, uh, she has a Ph.D. in Career Marine Corps Officer, Combat Veteran with a Ph.D. in International Relations. She's, as she stated, from Louisiana, a New Orleans native and a U.S. Navy Academy graduate, Gold Navy. She is a Cobra attack helicopter pilot by trade with multiple operation, operational deployments, and her academic research focuses on the intersections of gender leadership, and security connecting her operational experiences and academic work. She is a member of the Presidential Leadership Scholars Class of 2019, where the roots of the Athena Leadership Project were planted. She is the founder and executive director of Athena, which seeks to elevate the stories of female veterans and conduct research to inform how we consider gender, leadership, and security. Dr. Haney would be potentially teaching at uh, Tulane or George Washington University this fall, which is outstanding. So you see why my sh- my socks were knocked off, okay? And now I'm going to talk just a bit about the background and the bio of Dr. Hunter, who is the managing director of the Athena Project, and she is, has a PhD as a Marine Corps combat veteran with multiple combat deployments as an AH-1W Super Cobra attack pilot. You don't want to mess with these women, okay? She finished her active duty time in the Marine Corps Legislative Liaison Office in the House of Representatives 
Dr. Hunter is currently an adjunct, adjunct professor of security studies at Georgetown University School of Foreign Service. She created a first-of-its-kind course in gender and war, which is being integrated as the cornerstone for a forthcoming Women, Peace, Security Certificate. She serves as the chair of the Employment and Integration Subcommittee for the Secretary of Defense's Advisory Committee of Women in the Services, and she was part of the Department of Veterans Affairs, an inaugural class of women veteran trailblazers, and named as one of Hill Vet's 100 Most Influential Veterans in 2018. Dr. Hunter would be a professor in the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado, in June, so a little bit later on this month. So I want to welcome both of you, and I'm going to talk a little bit about your background as we go further into this interview. But welcome to both of you. And I want to start out, uh, Dr. Haney, uh, glad to have you as one of the two outstanding guests today. You're the founder of the Athena Leadership Project. What was your inspiration for doing so, and what is the focus of it? Thank you so much for that introduction for both of us. Uh, we're really excited to be on the show and uh, excited to hear about all the stuff that you're doing and to be affiliated through the Global Good Fund. Um, so uh, the Athena Leadership Project is something that without having a formal name or structure for it, Kai and I have been working on for years um, and in various ways, both on our, in our careers as Marines and then in our subsequent careers as academics. And I was lucky enough to participate last year in the Presidential Leadership Scholars Program. And in that program, um, we worked on creating projects and initiatives that were for the social good of numbers of people. And one thing that Kai and I both learned in different ways as we progressed through our careers was that the kind of research that we're seeing being done out in the business community uh, about how diverse teams and leaders can shape outcomes that wasn't being done in the national security community. And we saw the need for it in everything we do. We still see the need for it today. Uh, we see both from our own um, experiences as Marines and from the experiences of so many of our uh, male and female friends who are veterans and who have been operational leaders, we've seen the big difference that having diverse leaders can make for national security outcomes. And uh, we wanted to be able to study that and show from an academic research perspective, um, how much diverse teams and leaders are needed, especially gender diverse teams and leaders. Um, also, if you're going to make change happen, especially social change like this, um, it helps to have really strong research to back it up. So we are planning to do that research and to use it to help um, advocate for bigger changes that are necessary to make, um, to make America more successful, to make our country more secure, and to make um, our American values and about equality and, and, and rights uh, be reflected throughout our national security structures and apparatus. Oh, fantastic. And I tell you, being a veteran myself of 22 years in the Air Force, I know exactly what you mean in terms of defending our grateful nation. And people should never, ever forget the sacrifices that you make. Dr. Hunter makes. It's just uh, something that we can't really sometimes put into words, but it's very important. In other words, freedom is not free, you know, domestically nor internationally. You have to fight for the freedom. Yeah, and one of the one of the points I should have made uh, in my statement just now as well is that part of our focus is female veterans. Um, Absolutely. Women in the military have to focus and perform. Um, kind of at 150% sometimes of what their male colleagues do just to be considered, exactly. you know, on par, right? And, 
And then creative decision-making. I know as a parent and through other struggles in our lives, many of us come to this position having to do more creative decision-making than we'd ever done before. And so there's a, a certain set of, uh, of diverse and much-needed skills that are developed by um, different leaders, and we want to study those skills and understand them. Um, but we also want to share the stories, particularly the stories of female yeah. veterans, but of veterans of all stripes. And so that's part of our mission. Uh, that's very, very important, very important. And here I am, the oldest son in a family with five sisters, so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, so wow. I'm, wow. Going, I'm, I'm going to move on to Dr. Hunter. Please share what your role is with the Athena Leadership Project and how it is making a difference with those you serve. Absolutely. And again, thank you so much for, for having us today. So as Jeanette shared, the Athena Leadership Project was um, her brainchild to make it a formal structure based out of what she was able to do with the presidential leadership scholars. But this really has been something that our, our entire professional life has, has led up to. So about a year, year and a half ago, probably about a year ago now, um, when we were all at, at dinner in D.C. one night, Jeanette was sharing this idea to really make the Athena Leadership Project into something formal, you know, into yeah. a formal structure that we could do uh, do the research that she had just talked about and asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And so naturally, because it is both my personal life, but also my academic background, I jumped on it and said yes. Um, and I have nonprofit executive experience, so I'm able to you know, help shape some of that kind of less fun structural stuff sometimes sure. that, that we had to do. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. You know, but but really I think when when I look at you know what what I I'm doing, we have a a strong collaborative relationship to set uh, research agendas. And so that is through we have um, a a book proposal out there that is looking at what lessons about women's leadership uh, effectiveness and really the contributions to military effectiveness can we learn from the past 20 years of war? You know, we look at Iraq and Afghanistan and we've actually Mm -hmm. seen women engaging in the military in ways that they haven't, in both numbers and ways that they haven't in the past. And so wanting to capture that and actually look and say, you know, it is the right thing to do to have better opportunities for women in regards to equality and the values that this country was founded on, but also we can't be an effective military without women right now. And so how do we actually codify that and then more move beyond, you know, there is this, and and, and Jeanette really got to this at the end of the, her last comment there, you know, there's this notion that we just need to add women to make it better. It's sort of a, it's, it's looked at very binary. Women are not. And what we're really looking to do is, dig into that why. What is it about women's lived experiences? What is it about women's creative decision-making process? What yeah. is it about the diversity that women, and then we'll, we'll blow out and, probably, and get to much broader types of diversity as well, but, but what is it about that that actually contributes to effectiveness? Because then we can help you advise on how training, recruitment, retention can best be done to harness those aspects of diversity that actually make us much stronger. 
Definitely. That is so powerful, and it has such an effect not only on the, the current uh, women who are in the military active duty, but also looking at those who will come in the future. So you really, with this groundbreaking research, you're really shaping not only what's happening today from the lessons learned over the last 20 years, but also going to the next 20 years and even beyond that as well. And, and I think that's really important when I look at, you know, why, why Athena is so important to both Jeanette and I personally is one of the things is we want to be the leaders, the mentors, the inspiration that we didn't necessarily have when we were young lieutenants in the Marine exactly. Corps. You know, there, mm-hmm. there were right. people, other women out there in particular, who were vocal champions about this. And so that's, that's I mean, you absolutely hit that on the head. So that, that's fantastic. And I tell you, uh, it's going to make a world of difference, not only now, but in the future. And so for those people who are listening right now, a lot of what you will be experiencing in the future is predicated on the research and the findings that take place now with uh, Dr. Haney as well as with Dr. Hunter. So I thank you both for that. Uh, and now I want to talk a little bit about another organization that you're affiliated with. I'll start with you, Dr. Haney in regards to being selected a member of the Center for a New Security. I believe you are an adjunct senior fellow there. So in your capacity, what does your role entail at CNAS? Uh, thank you. And, yes, we're, we're both um, adjunct senior fellows at the Center for New American Security, and we um, belong to, as adjuncts, the Military Veterans and Society program there. Um, uh-huh. And the CNAS website, you know, does a really good job of explaining, but, uh, but to put it in a few short words, um, there are a number of issues and um, topics to study about military and then military veterans returning from service and how they interact with and come from American society writ large and what are the issues that affect them in their own context and then in a broader sense. And a lot of those issues are um, in particular of interest to us when we consider female service members, gender diverse service members, um, mm-hmm. and military members writ large, and how those members grow and develop as leaders, how they contribute within the military, and then they have contribute after they leave the military as well. So we're, we're affiliated with the CNAS. It is a, a fairly new affiliation, only a few months old, so we're really excited to, to be working with them. Um, uh-huh. Right now, what we've done so far is um, we held our inaugural event um, with CNAS, they hosted us back in mid-April, and it was supposed to be a live event. As all of you know, um, that was not going to happen once the coronavirus crisis began. So it was a virtual event, but um, you know they supported us strongly, gave us uh, a whole Zoom setup, and then we released or they released the uh, recording afterwards. Uh, we're coming out with a policy brief soon, and uh, you know hope to continue to partner both for events and for research opportunities permit. We're also, um, we're also affiliated with, I'm affiliated with the uh, New America uh, Think Tank in D.C. and Kai, okay. um, I believe Kai can explain her affiliations as well because she's about to start some okay. new ones there and we're excited for her. But the idea is that, um, you know, there are very few people working in this operational academic intersection space of uh, operational leadership experience and the academic experience to kind of drive that home. And Kayla Williams, who runs the CNAS Military Veterans and Society Program, is one of those with both skill sets, and, um, and she's been in this space for a long time. So we're really excited to be part of CNAS's work. Uh, but, 
But to do the work we want to do with Athena, we need to partner. We're a small organization. We're brand new. You know, we've, Kai and I have different experience sets, but we're also new to building something like this from the ground up. So to do that, we have just kind of building out our network, um, building out who we can partner with to do research, um, and those partnerships can make us better and make us stronger and help us contribute to other projects that we might not come across just working on our own. And oh, I'm sure Kai has more to add to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, fantastic. And thank and, you. And Dr. Hunter, uh, I'd yeah, love so to I hear your echo. Okay. Yeah, I want to echo a lot of what Jeanette just said. And for CNAS in particular, you know, we are very, very fortunate to have a good partner in Kayla Williams, who is the director of yeah. Military Veterans Society, and brought us on to help, you know, as, as Jeanette talked about, host events for us, which is something, you know, as a new organization, having a place that is well-established to actually amplify us and our work is a gift. I mean, that, that, that really just... Is, is a lot for us, um, but also to have as really formal thought leadership partners. Um, yeah. Kayla talked a little bit, of, or um, Jeanette talked a little bit about Kayla's work at Military Veterans and Society, and one of the things, you know, why we were both brought on that they realized that they didn't have internally was a very strong focus on gender diversity. And so we're able to get plugged in as thought leaders on projects that they are, they are working on because you know, women veterans are the fastest growing group of veterans in this country right Absolutely. now. So they're mm-hmm. because of these experiences. So they, they really see the, the importance there. Um, you know, we, we also, I also uh, have a affiliation as an adjunct researcher with RAND um, to help yeah. again mm-hmm. do work specifically around this gender and military effectiveness and veterans transition place. And one of the the best things I think about being in this space right now is that people are eager for this research to be done and want to form meaningful formal partnerships. You know, and because we know that each of us brings a different strength of our lived, you know, really I think it comes down to the fact that we're, practicing what we preach with the, with the research right. that mm-hmm. we all bring different, unique perspectives, skill sets, lived experiences. And we know the work is going to be better if it is more robust and, you know, also amplified through a diverse set of channels. So that the exactly. audience that CNAS reaches is different than our organic audience, which is different than a RAND audience, different than a new America audience different than the Georgetown audience or the Air Force Academy audiences. But the, exactly. the wider net that we're casting with this, the, the better. I'll Absolutely. tell you, I, and yeah. you yes, might, can yes, I add Dr. one Hunter? thing as well? Sure. Um, yeah, and it kind of reminded uh, me when she was speaking that, you know, we both have institutional affiliations as well. Um, hers is with Georgetown and then Air Force Academy uh, in you know, starting very soon, and then um, mine is with GW and Tulane, and uh, and then Naval Academy, my alma mater. And so we are uh, both through the courses that we teach as adjuncts, and through some of the research projects we're developing, we're looking to partner with people who can help us diversify uh, diversify our thinking um, sure. and help us learn about areas that we potentially don't know a whole lot about and still need to learn more, but also that where we can contribute to projects that um, expand the lens of Athena and the work we do beyond just the military because we're starting with the military and with 
with, yeah. you know, gender diverse veterans. But our goal is to develop research that can affect almost, you know, pretty much every area of leadership um, from military through the government and way beyond that down the road. So we, you know, world domination uh, for lack Absolutely. of a better word. And we joke about <laughs> that, but, but the, but the effects are far reaching. So the partnership. Oh, for sure. that. And, and I think that's one of the beauties of it is that uh, oftentimes when we look at things that come out of the Pentagon or other organization, that that's the starting point, and then it branches out to the greater society, as you stated, in government, uh, affecting not only the women but also the men, and, and being able to bring these partnerships together for the, the, the greater good, and, and, and also reaching out to that younger generation because they're, they're coming in at such a different level uh, with technology being what it is and, and being in the Zoom world. And uh, my Generation Zs, I have two Generation Zs myself, uh, children, so uh, this is really powerful. And, uh, and so my next question is one that I'm really looking forward to as well. And it talks to what you all have done in the past operationally. So I want the listeners to know how proud I am of both of you. And Dr. Haney, I have a question to ask you. What was it like to serve as a Cobra attack helicopter pilot? People want to know including me. <laughs> um, you know, I, I bet it's different today than it, than it was when I left the cockpit. I fly a Honda uh-huh. Odyssey now. Um, okay. It's not as cool. Um, but it's, it's black. It's not pastel because we're rebels. Uh, and I love so it. <laughs> I would say thank you. Um, you know, it was everything you would think it would be. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. It was breathtaking. Sometimes it became a job. Um, I have memories of, you know, baking in the hot sun is when the, uh-huh. the air conditioner wouldn't work because you're sitting in a you know a glass cockpit, so it's the exactly. sun beats down on you and just this you know tedious flight where you're just sitting there kind of bouncing up and down and trying to stay awake. Um, but at other exactly. times it was it was it was a blast. Um, I actually flew pregnant with all three of my kids, oh my and God. <laughs> uh, and I I joke that. Uh, you know, my oldest. Whenever we would shoot the twenty millimeter cannon, when I was pregnant, uh-huh. my oldest, she would she would kick. Um, wow. And uh, my younger two have a little bit, a few less hours, but it was really fun. One of the, you know, that moment when you find that there's something that you both enjoy and are good at, and it feels like something is clicking inside. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it was like for me to fly them. Um, and there isn't a day that I don't miss it. There's also not a day that goes by that I don't realize that I have kind of aged well past that, and no one would want me anywhere near the controls of a Cobra these days. <laughs> That's um, okay. You've done it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and I'm grateful for that. Oh, fantastic. And, Dr. Hunter, likewise for you, uh, what was it like to fly a Super Cobra attack helicopter? Listeners want to know. <laughs> I mean, I... I Many, many similar um, experiences to Jeanette. It, um, when there was a, there was a comedian, uh, my, my husband and I were watching the other night because uh-huh. you know, we were trying to reach the end of Netflix, apparently, during, uh, during uh-huh. COVID. And he was talking about places, and he had a little bit, he's like, okay, if you want to know what a place is like, close your eyes and imagine being in that place. It's exactly like that. Um, uh-huh. I kind of feel that way about uh, flying the Cobra, it, it really is as 
fun and amazing to actually fly the machine as it as it sets. Um, it I love flying helicopters. I am so glad that I flew helicopters, and I love flying attack helicopters. I think on uh-huh. top of that, in terms of the actual just flying part of it, you know, it's uh, yeah. like flying a little little race car, <laughs> race rocket. Um, but you know, that some of my my best and worst days, I think, were spent in a in a Cobra. Um, it's a blast to fly. It's it's fun to fly, but it's also something that we very squarely remember what our mission is, which is something uh-huh. I think that's very important. You know, a a Cobra is essentially a big flying gun that can also shoot rockets right. and missiles, and so it's not a transport helicopter. It it doesn't work for medevac or delivery of mail or or food, and so it it really when I I look at sort of where I am today, I think that experience and spending my 20s and early 30s really at war most of the time uh, gave me a very unique outlook on the world and actually drove so much of what I want to do now. So it's like the most fun thing in the world to fly, 150%. It's it's great. (laughs) But it's also, I think its mission gave me a, a... a very good and important perspective on life and death and on why we need to be dedicated to doing this really hard work too. Oh, for sure. When I, I listen to both of you talk about having your experiences operationally and the deployments and all, it really is a 360 degree look at the fact that you're doing research now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are doing that high levels, collaborating, making those connections but you see it from a, such a different perspective, having actually been out there in combat and deploying uh, and, and uh, yeah. as, as family members. I think that is really tremendous. And I want the listeners, especially uh, young ladies who are in ROTC or at the academy and even those on active duty, to hear what your experience is like to say, you know, they've done it. And not only have they done it, but they've done it all. And, and, and that's the viewpoint I have of both of you all, that, that you're doing some things that I- are just – Tremendous. If I can share a really, I think it's a really fun story that's related sure. to that. Um, so I have a eight-year-old niece who uh-huh. is, she's amazing. And uh-huh. she's, she's always known what I've done, uh, you know, as, as a Cobra pilot. And that was my life. And she knows about Jeanette because I talk about her quite a bit. Sure. Um, we have uh-huh. uh, another really close friend who was a, uh, F-18 pilot, another really good friend uh-huh. of ours, a C-130 pilot. You know, like, so there's a lot oh, of nice. women who fly things in my life. And Absolutely. the first day of uh, second grade, you know, the teacher was going around and asked everybody what they want to be when they grow up. You know, like, that's one of uh-huh. the sort of common things. And a little boy in, in the class stands up and he's like, I want to be a fighter pilot. And she stands up and says, I don't think you can do that because that's a girl's job. <laughs> and it <laughs> he, he sit right down. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, you know, and and it was good actually. The the, the little boy's mom actually was kind of encouraging. Uh-huh. Is like he might need to hear that a little bit, you know, as a as as a boy to hear like no, these are things girls do. You know, right? So I just think it's the right. you know the the being exposed to yes. seeing seeing women and seeing diversity is is really, really powerful. I mean, to the point where my, my niece doesn't think boys can fly. So exactly. I'm all for that too. 
Uh, there you go. And I, I tell you, so interesting, it's one thing to see it in a book. It's another to see it in a movie. But to know when, someone who's actually doing it and they're a family member, nothing can beat it. And, and uh, your niece, she, she knows exactly what she's talking about. <laughs> so kudos <laughs> to her. <laughs> and I'm sure the young man is still reeling from that comment as well. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Probably a little bit. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and uh, let's look a little bit at, um, look at the continuing to elevate the stories of female veterans uh, while you're conducting the research to inform on and consider gender, leadership, and security. And, of course, this is so very compelling. Uh, how, if any, are the current active duty military receiving your groundbreaking in terms of knowing that you're conducting this work? And what do you project for future personnel who, who will uh, receive it as you discover the works in the future, for the future? Uh, well, first of all, Kai, I love that story. I hadn't heard it, and that made my day. So thank you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, that is a great story. Um, yeah. You know, first of all, I, I hope that men and women um, and all kinds of people hear of our work and learn from it because, you know, masculinity, that's a gender yeah. too. And, yeah. it, it mm-hmm. you know, it, it shapes their actions, behavior, how we think as a, you know, service, et cetera, um, our, our national security policy as a nation, et cetera. And, uh, and so I, I heard, hope that this sparks a broader conversation. But, you know, what was interesting is when we had our inaugural event um, back in April, afterwards we both were contacted by a number of people, some our peers, male peers, who were uh-huh. had simply never had the kinds of experiences that some of our panelists were talking about, and it was like kind of novel discussion. They'd never considered some of the experiences that the women on our panel had, never considered how that shaped people as leaders, uh, never realized that was a factor or something to consider when they led. Um, and that was really encouraging and wonderful to see because it kind of has, is helping to develop the men we know into more empathic leaders. Uh, But we were also contacted by a number of um, younger military officers, men and women alike, who were really excited by what we were doing and wanted to be involved. And I actually, this morning, had a call with two who are working, um, you know, in various positions within the government while still in uniform. They Mm -hmm. just wanted to learn more and wanted to talk about some of the needs they saw for it and to be engaged. And so um, I think generationally sharing and developing the research we do um, can also bring more scholars into what we do. And we'd love to focus one day and to become some kind of uh, center of excellence for people working on this topic. And so, you know, connected to a variety of institutions, um, we'd love to bring in and empower and educate uh, younger scholars and younger leaders because this is something that will trickle down to every level of leadership in every kind of organization. So it's important Absolutely. for people to talk about. Think for sure, for sure. And uh, Dr. Hunter, I know that you're currently an adjunct professor of security studies at Georgetown uh, School of Foreign Service. Uh, could you please share what that experience is like and how do these students actually capture the essence of the future role in the foreign service? Uh, from your perspective? Yeah. yeah, so it's, I mean, for, for me, it's also uh, a super cool experience because it is my alma mater as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I get to go back. My, 
this this past fall when we were still doing in-person classes, um, the yeah. classroom that I was teaching in was actually the first classroom that I ever had a college class in. And I won't say how long ago oh, that, that was. That's but um, incredible. So that was just, as an aside, it, it's a super cool <laughs> feeling yeah. uh, for for doing that. And, you know, the the experience has been, I will say, Interesting, but very positive. I know interesting can also often be a, a loaded word. I love, absolutely love and adore teaching. I think that's something also that Jeanette and I have in common. Really, really love being in the classroom. And sure. the security studies program at the School of Foreign Service had historically been very sort of narrowly focused on just one type of security, which was essentially military and physical security insofar as when we talk about military, it was very much tactic strategy, you know, how, how do you deploy tanks? And, you know, just very, you know, very classic realist ideas about power and great power politics. And, um, sure. it, and the students really demanded a more holistic view of security. And so I really, I think I was very fortunate to arrive at the time when I did when there was a large review being done of the foundational curriculum that security studies students were getting and a demand for bringing diverse scholars into the curriculum, a demand for really bringing ideas of human security, that security isn't just are you getting bombed or not getting bombed? Security is also, do you have access to food, to water, exactly. to health care, mm-hmm. to education? Because without those things, you, you can't really be secure. And so Very because true. the students were so focused on making sure that, that those aspects were being brought into their curriculum, and I was really excited to be a part of you know, building out this gender and war class, that I think it, it shows such important promise for the foreign service officers of the future, uh, the security officers of the future, you know, that this is, they see security as being holistic. They see it as being tied to human life and human worth, not just whether or not we're dropping bombs. And sure. that's, you know, the, the, this younger generation being very invested in this, um, especially right now. And when we look at something like COVID-19 out there that has, you know, it, it has revealed so many cracks that we have known existed in our security oh, yeah. system for, for so sure. long. Mm-hmm. It's it made it impossible for anyone to look away anymore. One of the encouraging things I see coming out is that you know the, these young people, these these young students, are very aware of how important addressing those things are for our security needs. Uh, for sure, yes. It, it really got all of our attention. And again, it's really when we look at it, it's all about the future, the future generations and, and what they will have to to uh, work with in, in their leadership roles. So I, I want to thank you for uh, providing that insight. Um, we're at the, at the last question here, and it's one that I say for the very end because I know that all three of us have this experience. So I'll start with you, Dr. Haney. Uh, if you could please share your experience as a 2020 Global Good Fund Fellow and how has it contributed to your journey uh, leading the Athena Leadership Project? If you could share, please. Absolutely. Um, I would say first and foremost, I am 
we're both incredibly grateful for this opportunity. It kind of popped up at the very last minute for us, and mm-hmm. we were just so thrilled to be considered. And then when we found out that we were um, part going to be part of the fellowship, we were just kind of over the moon. And it's been – we weren't sure what to expect, especially once the Christ, ongoing crisis started kind of derailing all the plans for mm-hmm. um, the gala in May and things like that. It, it has made the connecting with other fellows a challenge because of what sure. it did to, you know, in-person meetings and, and work schedules. But I will say that it has kind of blown me away. Um, my work yeah. with um, my executive coach was mm-hmm. uh, could not have been more appropriately and well-timed. She was incredibly generous with her time. And, you know, the, the leadership development plan work, um, all of that contributed to a moment where Kai and I, like, we, you know, we launched as a 501c3. We got our status about right. three days before the WHO declared a global pandemic. So we, oh our timing, uh, you know, I, we joked that it was either a fool's errand or a stroke of genius, <laughs> but we, like many organizations and people right now, we oh, had, yeah. you know, had a little come, come to genius and we had to pivot and figure out um, what working on Athena um, in this time meant and how we could not just maintain re- relevance, but we saw the relevance. It could not be more clear to us how important diverse, inclusive leadership is, especially right now as we figure out as a nation and, all, you know, down to a local level how to respond to this. And, uh, you know, my coach was amazing and helped me work through some of the challenges that we were facing at the time and continue to face. Um, and I received a bit of advice from her that I think has been um, something that I've thought about every day since then. I was talking about the breadth of the problems that not just that we face as an organization, but that the nation was facing and that all of our families were facing and how could we lead. The problems were so large and complex, and I was getting a little overwhelmed. And she said, figure out what's good enough for today and then get up yeah. tomorrow and figure out what's good enough for tomorrow. And that was a gift. Um, Absolutely. We have we have it's it helped us, you know, for Athena to pivot and to figure out exactly where our skills are needed and how to use them right now. And then, uh, you know, we've just gotten connected to our business mentors. And again, I've been blown away by the generosity of the people we're being connected with and the expertise we're, we're linked with and able to just open conversations with and learn from. Um, yeah. It's a gift. And it's a gift at mm-hmm. a time when, when, when it's needed, and, you know, when we're all trying to build resilience and, and connect and inspire in the face of everything else that's going on. So that's oh, what it's fantastic. Been. Oh, awesome. Very awesome. And Dr. Hunter, if you could please share as well your experience as a 2020 uh, Global Good Fund Fellow and how's it contributed to your journey also with the Athena Leadership yeah. Project and some of your other projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And I, I've, Again, echo so much of what Jeanette said. Uh, my coach has been fantastic, and I think hit it just the right time for for me too. With with everything that I was doing, and you caused me. I think what was also for me very important. My my coach uh, was also a veteran. I, I uh-huh. don't know if that's the case for all of them, but but he was. And I think one of the things that we don't really think about often is what the transition from military life into our civilian working world really looks like and mm-hmm. how we can build some of the, you know, one, one of the things for, for me personally was um, 
how to really build trust among employees and people that I, that I work with, where in the military, it's pretty transparent. You're like, as Cobra pilots, we knew exactly what you had to do to become a Cobra pilot, what you had to do to become mm-hmm. an instructor pilot, what you had to do to become a section leader, a division leader, a night systems instructor. So it's all very transparent. So there's this mechanism for trust, especially with the onset of COVID and not even being able to have inner, like face-to-face personal interactions with people. I started exactly. to get super concerned that we had just launched this new project and <laughs> how am I going to figure out who I can trust? Exactly. And yeah. like, what, what can I actually use to figure that out? And my coach was so amazing in helping me give tools of how to ask curious questions. And again, so much of this comes back to, I think, actually practicing what we look to research, you know, but to, yeah. to ask curious questions, you know, to, to listen more effectively in virtual spaces, um, things that I'm, I'm not always comfortable with because of, my, you know, like some physical things, like I'm deaf in one ear, so hearing people over Zoom is sometimes hard for me. Like sure. these are, but how to actually take skills and apply them to, to build that trust. And then the, another thing that is a huge positive is from the, you know, the, the financial award from the Global Good Fund has allowed yeah. Jeanette and I mm-hmm. to do a, a deep dive for essentially marketing and branding as a new entity that is launched in the middle of a pandemic. And yeah. that's, you know, having tremendous. those those skills are not skills that we have. Like we we are not marketers. Um, there may be some things for really we can fly helicopters. We don't know how to market. Like those are, um, yeah. So so that's okay. been just a, a a gift. And in the time when so much exists virtually, it is um, we we I mean we owe the Global Good Fund so much to be able to actually do that um, in this time and space. Yes. Well, I tell you, you both hit it right, the nail on the head, because, again, none of us saw it coming. We never saw COVID-19 coming, and we just had to make those adjustments. And, and thank goodness we have the, the executive coaches, and now we have the uh, business mentors, and it makes a tremendous difference. So uh, kudos to both of you for doing this in the midst of the pandemic. And, of course, the lessons learned for that will carry on for years and years. And so uh, what I want to say to both of you right now is, first of all, thank you for coming on board to the show, sharing your expertise on Athena Project, because I believe that it's going to be something that people hear today, but in the future, they'll know even more about it. And uh, if I can get you both, if you want to provide some information, how people can uh, get in contact with you, uh, with your nonprofit, uh, some contact information so that. Uh, they can reach out to you uh, and assist you in a capacity if they can. Absolutely. So we uh, well, we have a website. Yeah, we have a okay. website. Well, would be easier. I can send you the website, and you could okay. you have a place to post it. And, and our sure. And I can also give you you know email address as well. What what's best? Can we do both? Yes, you can do both. Absolutely. Yes, that would okay. Be just um, so our, our I'll send you the website, but it's also um, HTTPS uh, Athena Leadership Project.org. And um, there's a contact info or contact link on the website, but you can also reach me at J G H A Y N I E 
at okay. athenaleadershipproject.org. Okay. And, uh, and I'll send that as well for you to post. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. That's great. And um, Dr. Hunter, um, yours would, would yes. uh, yours be a little bit different, of course, with the email. Um, yeah, just that it's, it's my name rather than Jeanette, so okay. Hunter at uh, okay. um, I think leadership, and we'll, we we can send all of that to you as well. Sure. But I think going to the okay. going to the website athenaleadershipproject.org yeah. all together, all one word, is okay. the best way. Um, best way. And on that too, you'll see our Twitter feed is okay. on the website, and so you can also follow us on on Twitter there and. Yeah. Uh, as we're putting out some, the new policy policy brief, uh, we'll make sure to be be communicating with everyone using that. Oh, that'd be fantastic! And I'll, I'll of course, I'll continue to promote the, uh, this interview on the archive. So, uh, and I'll also forward your copy of it as well. And uh, I'll ensure that I get the information for your website and even more. So I want to thank you both, and of course, when I say I'm very proud of you is that I'm a service member, retired service member as well, and I really love what you all are doing because I know it's not only making a difference now, but also it will make a difference in the future. So thank you, and I salute you both for doing such an outstanding job. Thank you very much, Dr. Haney, as well as Dr. Hunter. You, you both are just rocking it out there, and I know I support you 1,000%. Thank you so much, Paul. It's been Thank a real you. pleasure to have you. Thank you. Oh, okay. You all have a great day. I'm going to sign off now. Uh, my time is up, and I'm going to uh, sign out now. I have another broadcast tomorrow on the Wealthy Speaker Show, and I hope you will join me. And, again, today we want to thank Dr. Haney as well as Dr. Hunter for doing what they do and for having served our country as well. And now they continue to make contributions that are going to be life-altering and life-changing for generations yet to come. So thank you very much, everyone. Again, my time is up, and I thank you for yours. My name is Paul Lawrence Van, host of The Wealthy Speaker Show. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day. All right. I will uh, thank you very much for all that you've done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in, listening in, and connecting with host Paul Lawrence Band and his guests. Encourage your family, friends, and colleagues to tune in to another episode of The Wealthy Speaker Show with Paul Lawrence Band.